My name is David Siegler, and welcome to my podcast. We are live, team. We're live. Uh, so welcome, property progressive property supporters, everyone in the group who is this week on the seven days to package a deal challenge. They said it couldn't be done. They said we'd never do it. They told me it's impossible. Well, we're going to show them, whoever they are, right, that it can be done. While friends are just coming uh, online to join us, you can see my background has changed, right? I'm no longer at home. Um, I've moved out the house. I've come to Peterborough. I'm here now, and I'm sitting in front of Robert Mark's properties. Uh, you can see that on the screen with me is one of my favorite, favorite property people. I'm going to introduce it to you in a second. Uh, but we are going to talk about direct mail. We're going to talk about the uh, issues, hurdles, obstacles, triumphs, successes. I need your comments, guys, in the comment section so we can get a view of what's going on. We're also going to talk about the letter. So there is a prize today, a really good prize. Be a good prize. Be a useful prize, right, for the best letter, the best scripted letter, okay? You're not going to get Katie's letter. You are not. She has got the Exocet missile of a letter. You're not going to get that one. I want you to do it on your own, okay? And if you want to work with Katie and I going forward, of course. Uh, good afternoon, Alan, Wasim, and Naz. Um, of course, if you're working with us going forward, you get access to Katie, the other mentors, and of course, her letter. So let me introduce someone to you who I've been working with for, gosh, three years now, but more than three years. Met her at a multiple streams of property income event. Uh, she did the deal packaging training four times. I'll let her explain. All right. Um, she's built a great deal packaging business. She is my co-trainer on the deal packaging training at Progressive. Um, Property supporters team out there, put your hands together for the wonderful Katie Wilson. Yay! Yay. Thanks, guys. So, um, yeah, hello. Good afternoon. Um, just going to give a little bit of information about me. That's okay, David? Yep, please. Cool. So I've just started uh, my fourth year in property. But as a deal packager, I'm just starting my third year in my deal packaging business. So um, I used to have a corporate job, for those of you who don't know me, and um, I was working 40 hours a week, contracted. But the reality was I was probably working more like 60. Lived out of a suitcase in London. It wore thin quick. So um, I quit my job and I needed something that was going to work, something I had to build my wings on the way down. So I had to something had to succeed for me. So I chose deal packaging. Yes, I attended the deal packaging course four times, as David likes to point out. Uh, the, the reason, the method behind the madness is that I have I have learned from so many different trainers uh, who train deal packaging. All the, the, the top people in the country have trained me at some point. So I have taken a massive breadth of knowledge uh, in and used that to my advantage. So uh, my deal packaging business is just starting its third year. In my first year, I, I packaged 15 deals and made £50,000. And in my second year, I doubled it just over and made £103,000. But I did less deals. So I learned to make more money out of the deals I was doing. So um, we can talk about that a bit later. 
But yeah, so now I've got a six-figure deal packaging business. And with that, I bought a portfolio with that money, um, which as of today stands at £1.5 million and makes me a cool 60 grand a year before I even get out of bed. Fab. And and just touch on, Kate, because this this week is about deal packaging, right? Yeah. So um, if if I dare put forward the proposition, you would have made more deal packaging fees if you'd packaged some of the deals that you kept, right? Yeah. Uh, this, this is where I'm heading. So why didn't you package every deal, you know, on that you found on the table in front of you? What was it that held you back so that you didn't package those you chose to keep? them? Yeah, I mean, this is the point. As a deal packager, the sky's the limit and the world is your oyster because you're going to get deals in front of you that you're going to agree and you get first refusal on them. And if the deal is good enough... So for those of you who don't know, I specialise in sourcing buy-to-let deals in Nottingham at a below market value discount, usually in excess of 25%. I've done 40, even 50%. As in lockdown, I've done two 50% below market value deals. Um, No, hang on, hang on. I've got to pause you there, Kate. 50% below market value, that cannot be done. I've seen it on the forums they all telling me it can't be done. Go on. Really? 50%? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and when I put posted it on the progressive community, people were challenging me. But actually, yeah. you know, Anne Holton came on herself and said, you know, yeah, it's it's a real number. So I was like, yeah, because Anne is also from, Not- from Nottingham. So she invests uh, in the same area. So what was it that those vendors saw in you that allowed you to pick those properties up at f- half price in effect? it's so the key the golden nugget to take away as a deal packager is it's not about the property it's about the vendor and their motivation so they've got to be motivated so there's there's dozens and dozens of different motivations uh my top two which is another golden nugget for you is um financial difficulties and care home so the need to go into a care home you've got two motivations there one being financial and one being emotional um, and people just want rid of the house so that the person can go into the care home and get the care that they need so um, a really good tip uh, for going forward would be consider working with people who are going to bring you multiple referrals so we've talked about state agents but think outside the box for other people in business that can bring you multiple referrals and yeah so I get get insanely good deals I choose to keep them I can get the funding for them and um and then I refinance them and pull more than the money out that that I've put in fab so uh it's real team uh that's why Katie is the proud owner of eight buy to let properties now maybe more going through the pro 10 we're up to 10 sorry it changes all the time okay so uh, today's project, Kate, um, is something which I know is dear to your heart and one of your primary strategies prospecting uh, for properties is direct mail. You love yeah. direct mail. Um, I, I covered uh, in this morning's live just the basics of setting up a direct mail campaign. I didn't want to steal your thunder this afternoon. Uh, so why do you love direct mail and why do you do it? Okay, so it's it's really simple for me because I'm all about free or good value for money, right? So with direct mail, I so I have tested and tried every single marketing channel that is in existence. 
And direct mail was the one where I got the fantastic response rates and it worked out to be very cheap and cost effective. So it's not free. There are free marketing channels out there. We've talked about them. So estate agents, Gumtree, targeting, Facebook marketplace. But direct mail, um, it works out about pound a letter. So um, I, the best thing about direct mail is I don't have to have any involvement with it. So I've got a virtual assistant. So she scrapes the data. What I mean by that is she collects all the addresses from properties that we choose to target for whatever reason we think they might be motivated. For example, they might have been on the market over 90 days. Uh, so they've been on the market for three months plus. Uh, it might be that the properties have been reduced in value. They might have been sold subject to contract and then relisted. Um, they might just be run down. Uh, you can usually tell if you've got a, a house that looks a bit brown inside that potentially some, someone might have died there. Um, so we target those properties. We need to get the addresses. My virtual assistant does that. She puts it all into a spreadsheet for me. And then basically... For those of you who don't know, I, I, I'm called the queen of systemization because I don't like to do a lot. So if I can automate it, then I will. So it's a very simple process, um, spreadsheet, and then uh, we pull all of that data and put it into a CRM system, uh, Podio. So I know a lot of the other mentors use Podio. The other deal packages use Podio. It's brilliant and it's free. And um, it just keeps everything in one place because no matter how good your memory is, you are going to forget when you're talking to multiple vendors and agents and looking at multiple houses, you're going to need to remember the vendor's motivation. You're going to need to remember uh, the vendor's financial situation, the property itself, what's it worth, how much does it need spending on it, refurb, all that sort of thing. And no matter how good your memory is, it's all going to blur. It's all going to start to blur. What offer did you make on what day? Uh, and all of that can be stored in one place. So that's why I use Podio. And it helps me to be quick. So it's all about speed, making the offer fast. So I know you guys have got a lot of leads in, in, in this week. You need to be quick and hot on those leads as they come in. Be contacting them as fast as you can to ask them questions. And don't overthink it. Don't panic. Just have a normal conversation with them. Go in with the view with no agenda and go in with the view that you are basically just like a counsellor, you know, because the key is to finding out what their motivation is. The house is a given. It's all about the motivation because they have to need to sell, not want to sell. So, yeah. Cool. So we've got a skeptic on the call, Katie. Andrew James uh, clearly doesn't believe that you've got 50% um, uh, reduction from the price. Um, I suppose he won't believe that the other ones you did at 41% and in the 30%. He won't believe any of those either. People either believe or they don't believe. I know you've done it. Uh, you just explained. So this can be done, team. Um, you, you need to know what you're doing in order to do it, right? That that That's the thing. Are you going to do it in your first deal? Definitely not. Kate didn't do it in her first deal. So uh, let's talk about the process of putting a direct mail campaign together, okay? Yeah. Um, so I covered roughly the handwritten letter this morning, Kate, yeah. uh, and then I went on to explain it doesn't actually have to be hand, handwritten. I, I was a bit slow on this. I originally did handwrite the letters, right? Yeah. But then there's uh, handwriting fonts on our laptops and uh, printers that we can use. But they're also quite recognisable now. People are quite savvy for this sort of thing. So you've you've got a slightly different way, haven't you? How do you handwrite your letters? Yeah. So I use a software called Calligrapher. So it's C A R C A L 
I, hang on, C A L I G R A P H E R R. To refer. Yeah. It should be. That's why I got confused. So um, it's a free software, and all you do, it takes a little bit of setting up, but once it's done, it's there for life. So you basically download like a um, like a grid, and you write in the grid your handwritten handwriting, and then uh, you scan it on your printer, and it sets it up as a font. You know, for example, in Word, it sets it up as a font that you can choose as a drop down. And that's it. Once it's on, it's on. It's your actual handwriting. Now, the aim, there's two reasons why we handwrite the letters. Um, The first is that it looks more personal um, because we need to be careful. We've already touched on that computers have this handwritten software preset, like in Word, for example. But they are recognisable these days. And what I get an awful lot is uh, when I talk to vendors, they say to me, oh, well, I've rang you, Kate, because your letter's actually handwritten. Now, I've already said I don't like to do a lot of work, so I think we all know where I'm going with this. I don't handwrite the letters. So that software, all I do is I take all of the data that's in the spreadsheet that my virtual assistant puts in the spreadsheet I just mentioned, and then do a mail merge in Word. So mail merge sounds a bit complicated. It's really easy. If you go to Word and you go to the Mail Merge Wizard, it shows you exactly how to do it. And it basically drops all data into each letter. So every letter is different. So I send 200 letters a month. Every single one of them has a different um, address on, obviously. Everyone, every single one has at least three or four different personalization points in that letter. And we don't have time to go into de- massive detail on that now. But uh, personalization points so that that person reading that letter thinks that's letter sent to them. So it's not a mass produced letter. That's what you want to avoid. You don't want to appear as a company. You want to appear as a local girl, local guy, so that you're not intimidating and the chances are they'll want to do business with you. Cool. Let's talk a little bit around the numbers, Katie. So you said you'd send out 200 letters a month. What sort of of response rate do you get on those? Because cold calling cold letters anyone who's watching this who's, who's done that been through that process over the years you know yeah. can be a bit frustrating you don't get a huge take up well what are your numbers so i get a um, nearly 11 percent response rate on my direct mail what's really interesting and what i love is that a lot of our delegates are hitting 14 15 percent response rate with their yeah. direct campaigns and they're doing it exactly as we've told them to do it so, I mean, I'm sure, David, you can vouch for when we when we do mastermind and we talk to the delegates because uh, we, we have a great relationship with all of our delegates. When they say to us, oh, it's not working, direct mail's not working. And we sit there and ask them questions. They'll go, oh, well, I changed that bit. Well, I changed that. You know, do it exactly as we tell you to do it. And there is a bit more science behind it. It's not just a letter. There's science behind everything we do. And it will work and it will produce you at least 11%. So the numbers, uh, 200 letters a month, will produce you an 11% response rate, which we're talking 20 to 30 responses a month, on a good month. Um, I'd say a minimum of 20. And from 20 leads, I will do at least one deal. So what I worked out very quickly as a deal packager was I was getting one in 20 so one deal at 20 leads. Now, I've managed to refine that, and it's now down to about 15. So I'm doing even better than I was before. But 
I am moved, I've moved away from it slightly now. So I have people who work for me and it sounds like I've got all these outgoings, but I haven't. I've got a virtual assistant. I've got people who do viewings for me and then I just cut them in on deals. So it works. Cool. So let's just talk about the cost of doing this. So um, you've got somebody, a VA who scrapes the data for you. Um, they've got a find, 200 properties a month to write to. Um, how long does that take them? What's the sort of cost of that, Kate? Yeah, so it should take, uh, you should be able to do 14 to 15 addresses per hour. Uh, my virtual assistant is not cheap. She's £7 an hour, but she's good. So you don't have to hold her hand. You don't have to teach her anything. She knows what she's doing. Um, and she will scrape the data for me for £7 an hour. So in theory, we're talking about just under £100 a month. Okay. And so she's got a list of addresses. How do you turn that into a letter? Just talk through yeah. the process. Yeah. So you've got the addresses. They go into a spreadsheet. You can choose a Google spreadsheet, just a free one, or Excel, whatever you've got. So your assistant or yourself puts all of the addresses in a spreadsheet. And then all you do is you take, uh, you've got your spreadsheet, you take a Word Word document, you write your letter out in Word, and then you do a mail merge. So it puts all of the different data into your Word document. And then you basically just press print. You can do it one of two ways. You can either just have it all sent to you and print it yourself uh, because uh, my virtual assistant can do the mail merge for me so I could print it, fold it, stick it in an envelope, stick a stamp on it and get it sent. Um, it takes half an hour to do 200 a month. So it's not a lot. But what I do, because I don't like doing a lot, is I have a guy that basically goes into my CRM system. So virtual assistant scrapes the data into a spreadsheet. I can see everything in my CRM system so that's the center of my universe and then I've got other people that come in and do different jobs so I've got a guy that then takes the information that my assistants put in and he does the mail mode prints the letters sends them out and I then arrange for Amazon to send yellow paper and yellow envelopes to him every time he runs out on a subscription so he's got everything he needs from me and that just comes into the cost of the whole of direct mail so you don't see a letter. You don't touch a letter. Sorry, I talked over that last sentence, which was really important. How much a letter does it work out at to do the okay. whole? That's including. It's including everything except the scraping of the data. So the scraping's additional. So you're looking at potentially three hundred pounds a month. But we've already talked about. I'll do one deal in twenty when I first started. Yeah. So that one deal, where if it's a genuine deal, you will make. You can command at least five grand for a genuine deal. Yeah. Five grand, 200, 300 quid out. Yeah. Five grand in. So no yeah. brain. Cool. Uh, we've had a couple of questions about the addresses, Katie. They're yeah. more or less the same question. Um, how does uh, your VA find the addresses? What are the criteria? What could you share and what you're not happy to share about that? Okay. So there's a couple of different ways you can do it. The fastest way to find the address, so the door number, because it's very easy to find the postcode if it's not listed. Um, just look for it on Google and it will come up with the postcode. But the door number is a bit more of a challenge. Now, this is really handy, these tips, but if you're targeting flats as well. So for those of you like it, especially in like more expensive areas or in city centres or in London, for example, and you want to target flats, how do you find the door number? Because there's no street view for the doors. So this is how it works. Uh, fastest way 
would be to look at the EPC certificate. So that's the Energy Performance Certificate. Every property that's advertised on the market has to have one. So if you click on that, usually at the top, it's got the address. Now, some estate agents, most, will remove the address. I don't really know why, but they do. So the next step is to get smart. The next quickest way is to cross-reference it. So what I mean by that is if you go to Rightmove and you go to the tab at the bottom where it says market information, on that market information, it will tell you the date that that property last sold and how much it sold for. So you write that down on a piece of paper and then you go to the land registry website, make sure you go to the right one so it doesn't charge you, it should all be free. And then you put in the postcode for the property and all of the, the whole street will come up. And all you need to do is look for the, the date and the price that the property sold for and it gives you the door number. So you yep. cross in it. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's how you do it. So that's the next quickest way. If that fails, which it usually doesn't, you can resort to Google Street View and start looking at bin numbers and door numbers. Yeah, somebody somebody uh, mentioned that this morning. I've done that myself in the past. Um, it's a real faff, isn't it, to get the, get the camera to look at the right angle to get the door number, which is hidden behind a bush and all that sort of thing. Okay, cool. Um, Jackie, Jackie, so immediately, Kate, you know you said a little bit earlier in the conversation, uh, when we have mentees come and sit down with us on a monthly basis on the mastermind, they say, oh, we did some uh, direct mail and, you know, it didn't work. And then we deep dive and find they've changed the process, right? Yeah. So Jackie's immediately saying um, you can use a company. So in terms of um, posting it, you can use a company to do it. I use, I did use them myself and it was cheaper than me doing it. And then later on, she says, the only trouble is, I think it would have some kind of mark on the envelope, right? So you, 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 you've, you've spent all your time, Jackie, putting a um, personal letter together, and then on the envelope, you're having a, you're outsourcing it to a professional company who would probably type the address and frank the envelope. Kate, what do you, what do you, what's your views on that? I mean, I've looked at all of the uh, different companies that do the same service. And all of them have a giveaway, a very, very clear and obvious giveaway. Um, usually, um, I think there's one called Dotmail, where uh, on all of the envelopes, first of all, you're going to have a franc instead of a stamp. So you need a stamp. And the envelope, my envelopes are handwritten, or they appear to be handwritten. Yeah. So not like normal font, because the whole letter is in handwriting, however you want to do it, and then the envelope is like computer font that's the giveaway so we don't want to appear to do in mass letters so we don't want a frank we don't want computer generated fonts and then the other thing is when they open the letter if it's from doc mail um the the two the, there's a couple of different things that happen one is that it won't be printed on yellow paper the second is that the address will be printed in computer font and the rest of the letter will appear to be in the font that you want it to be it's still a giveaway it's been computerized at some point um, and it's also not, not necessarily in red ink. So honest answer, I don't know why yellow paper and red ink works, but it works. Right. I'm not saying other colours don't work, but I didn't need to reinvent the wheel with that. It had a powerful response rate as it was, so that's how I go with it. Cool. We've got another couple of questions, Katie. So Kev Wright, I want to give a, a shout-out to Kev Wright who's watching. I uh, really enjoyed your video uh, this morning. I watched it this afternoon, Kev. Um, so you've been out and doing viewings. I didn't realise 
the um, history and experience you've got in property, albeit not deal packaging, but, you know, you get it. I, I understand. So uh, well done, you. I'll be looking to see what comes in from you. Uh, and then Dawn says, can you get the name of the property owner from Land Registry for about £3? Well, you can, Dawn, but here's the thing. Uh, you're going to send out 200 letters a month. Um, you don't know uh, how many of those people are going to be interested in your letter anyway. Um, why would you spend, you know, at this stage, I think it's a bit too early to spend three pounds uh, uh, a letter just to put the owner's name on. So, Kate, what would you, what, how would you address, once I've opened the letter, how is it dear, it's obviously it's not dear and the owner's name. So what is it, what is it on your letter, just that bit? Uh, so uh, on my letter, it's um, to the occupier. The occupier. Interesting. Not the homeowner? No, the occupier. I mean, the reality of direct mail is you're going to send some letters and they're going to end up with tenants who don't really care, so they're going to end up in the bin. You're going to send some letters to houses that are empty and they're going to end up on the floor and never be seen again. And you're going to send some letters to empty houses and the estate agents are going to pick them up and put them in the bin. So the reality is that some of the letters will go to waste, but, but... the fact of the matter is they're still getting an excellent response rate. You're going to get wastage no matter what you do in any yes. market. It's, it's impossible to get a 100% response. Yes. So, um, But the, this is the point. I have trialed every single strategy. I've done digital marketing, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, direct mail, um, estate agents. I've worked with care homes. I've done everything. I've done all of it. And direct mail is my favourite because it's cost-effective and efficient. And it works, right? Yes. Uh, we've got a, les- uh, a lesson. We've got a question from Tracy Andrews. Who are you targeting in your direct mail? So when your VA, you outsource it to your VA, but what are the main instructions you give her? What are you looking for, Kate? What she got to look for when she's scraping the portals? So I think it's different for everybody because it depends on where you are and what stock you've got in your area that's going to suit deal packaging for you so you can take deal packaging different ways you can either reverse engineer it or set it up as you would naturally so what i mean by that is i'm from nottingham so my advice to you would be to package where you live because it makes your life easier when you come up against a brick wall because you will you won't then it's just one less thing to stop you from giving up because it's on your doorstep if you've got to go an hour out of your way every day to then try and package deals in a different area, that's going to be another thing that's going to start to get to you. So if you can package where you are, and I'm pretty confident when I say you can package, deal package anywhere in the UK. However, you might need to change your sub-strategy within deal packaging to suit that area. So you can reverse engineer it. So in Nottingham, we've got loads and loads of council estate stock, ex-council properties. They work fantastically for buy-to-lets and flips. Now, that's what I'm known for. So I focus on those areas. Now, an easy, quick way for you guys to target, for example, a council estate would be to go to mouseprice.com and have a look at the heat maps because it will show you different housing estates in different colours. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to target council estates. Now, a council house in Nottingham, as an investor, you're not going to pay any more than 120 grand for a property. In fact, probably less than 100. So 100 is the limit. Um, so that's the maximum. If, if, if Let's just say I'm looking at right move. So I'm looking for, if I'm sending 200 letters a month in Nottingham, I'll, I'll cover the whole of Nottinghamshire 
exclude some rough areas. And then I'm looking for uh, semi-detached properties, three bed. Uh, that usually leaves you with council houses and a maximum of 100 odd grand. You could put it up to 120. Um, what else would we be looking for? So that's sort of the m- most broad I could tell you to do a search. Yeah, some of those houses, if I may, uh, um, so you've picked up those 100 to 120 grand retail houses for 70 odd, right? And recently, one in the 50s, I believe. 40. 40-something. 40 okay, so it wasn't quite worth 100 grand. Um, yeah, okay. And the reason you've done it was because the vendor just was up to there with it. It's a, it's a burden to them. It's a noose around their neck. We are property people, right? We look at property differently, but they, they look at it as a burden that maybe they've had terrible tenants or maybe they've had relationship issues and they've got this mortgage stuck around their their their, their um uh stuck around their neck and they want to get away to a different part of the country with their new partner and their new life but they're tied into this property those sort of people you can help and those sort of people not looking at the value of the house they just want to get rid of yeah. the obligation to pay that mortgage that's what it's yeah. about okay yeah. absolutely a mindset thing absolutely because you're going to put you guys watching are going to put your own preconceptions on deal packaging because it's yeah. human nature. I mean, when I sat and told my dad what I did, his first thing was, Why would anyone sell you a house for like 25% below what it's worth? And it's like, Well, didn't you know someone who got his house repossessed? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, he would have sold his house at, at break even so that I could have got a deal and he wouldn't have had a debt. You know, so it's all about thinking outside the box and not putting your own preconceptions on it. It's all about the vendor's motivation. Absolutely. So we've got a question from Bev. Bev Davidson, good afternoon to you, Bev. So is there any reason why you don't get your VA to do the mail, mail merge and stuff the envelopes as well? Well, at a very basic level, Bev, I think what Katie's going to say to you is Anne is based in the Philippines, right? There is, it's, we've still got to get the letters here somehow. It's probably easier to do it online. Would that be the answer? Kate, that's why you get a company picking and posting, packing and getting the letters out for you here. Yeah, and and, and the reality is it takes half an hour to do it yourself or you can get someone to do it for you for a small fee. It depends on what you want. What I'd say is when you're starting out, there's there's things that you can do that are effective and going to make you big money. So high-value tasks, I call them. And there's low value tasks. So scraping 200 properties, not a good use of your time. Whilst that's going to take you however many hours to do, you could be on the phone to a state agent starting to build relationships. So pay someone to scrape the data. Printing out, pressing print on your laptop, uh, on your well, on your laptop for your printer to print, and then taking half an hour to fold, lick some envelopes and stick a stamp on, chucking them in the post box. It's nothing, is it? It's quick and you can do it as you walk the dog. So you know, I started out very early by outsourcing all of it, and I had a guy that, that did it all for me. So it's up to you how you want to do it. But my advice is against using the companies that give it away, that they are a company, posting your letter. Cool. Here's a good question, Katie, from Hajia. Good afternoon to you. Um, how often, I think she means, how often do you target the same areas per year? Do you re- rotate the areas? So if you if you mail shot, a group of houses, when do you, do you mail shop them again? And if so, when? It's a really good question. Yeah. So uh, every month, so every four weeks, 
So I send the first letter and then four weeks later, I send the second letter. And it basically, in a nutshell, basically says, I noticed you're still on the market. You know, do you want to have a chat? And then I send a third letter to the third month. And then after that, uh, it tails off. But what I find is the second letter has a really good hit rate. So once you've written to them once, you write to them a second time, we get really good response rates on the second letter, more so than the first. So keep going. Uh, do I rotate? No, because in Nottingham, well, I focus on Nottinghamshire because in Nottingham, we've got a lot of council estates that are sort of outside of the central part of Nottingham. So I focus on Nottinghamshire and 200 letters a month pretty much covers all new properties that have fallen into one of the brackets I mentioned earlier, 90 days, sold subject contract, relisted, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's, that's basically how we do it. Fab. Oh, Katie, I've really enjoyed it. There's a huge amount of um, authority and knowledge here. And, you you know, well, anyone could see that you actually do this stuff. You're on top of this on a daily basis. Um, guys, you've you've met three, four of our um, deal packaging mentors now. These guys have got proper businesses. Interestingly, you know, the, the time scale from starting out day one to where they are now has been two to three years for all of them right? So they are proper, proper property professionals now, not just packaging deals, but building big property businesses as well. If you want to work with us going forward, you can be in that place, right? If you want to commit a couple of years to working with us, uh, we can get we can get you sitting on a, a live like this, talking to people in two years' time who are just starting out. So, you know, I, I, want, I want you to take that journey. Um, and, um, we, you know, if you want to work with us going forward, that's cool. Uh, Katie, I'm going to swerve. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to surprise you a little bit. Not going to talk about direct mail. Okay, there's a couple of questions that have come in. So during the week, the guys have been, for instance, talking to estate agents, right? Yeah. One of the sort of pinch points, one of the roadblocks they've come up against is formating, uh, forming the offer and making the offer, and then the estate agent would say, "Well, okay, but I want the name and address of the owner and proof of funds before we can take it off the market." quite a common problem. How do you deal with that? Okay, so I see that as two two separate things. So I'll touch on both of them. The first is making the offer. So I think the thing that's difficult when you're starting out as, as a deal packager or in property at all, making offers on a property, no one who is professional wants to pay full market value. So everyone tries to barter down a little bit on a property. What the key is, if, because you we're starting out with a week to package a deal, right? So what you need to do is build respect from the first moment you're speaking to the estate agents. And the best way to do that is to educate them about what, how you get to your numbers. For example, if I'm looking at a house worth 100 grand, but it needs a refurb of, let's say, 15 grand, then I'm basically going to reverse engineer my offer. So what I'll say to them is, okay, so you've got it on for 100 grand, but it needs... 15 grand spending on it. Am I going to pay 85 grand and then spend 15,000 pounds on that property to do it up so it's then worth 100 grand? I could just go and buy one already done up. Does that make sense? So I'm trying to educate them that I I am a professional in property. I'm here to make some profit. I don't want to be greedy. I'm here to make some profit. So what I do is I reverse engineer it and say, okay, so you you're it's advertised for 100 grand. I'm going to need to do the kitchen, the bathroom, blah, blah, blah. So we're talking 15 grand for this. And I, and, I, and I do exaggerate what that number is. 
you know, I've got stamp duty to pay, I've got this to pay, I've got that to pay. So I, I, I would literally go through a list of all my costs from 100 grand down to the number I need. And then I would say to them, and I want to make a little bit of money. I'm not being greedy, but I'm a professional. You wouldn't expect me to work for free, right? So I'm I'm probably in the low 60s. And then you don't say anything. And you see what they say. Because in the, re- the reality is that some estate agents are told by the vendors, we'll never sell it for that price. But the estate agent knows inside exactly how you've got to your numbers. So they'll have respect for you. So it's not... It will make you feel uncomfortable making low ball offers at the beginning. But when you start to build that relationship by doing what I've just told you to do, it will make it quicker for you to get in with the agents to be able to make those low ball offers more comfortably. Because now my agents ring me up knowing I'm going to make a low ball offer because that's what I do. So, yeah. So that, that's really cool because you can make a low offer and still remain credible and professional and that. Yeah. The estate agent knows you're talking sense, even if they deny it to your face. They know that that makes sense. Okay. Um, So you get an offer accepted. So you split it into two. So the second bit, um, getting it off the market, Katie, what's the strategy for that? The the honest reality is uh, different agents work differently and some will work with you on this and some will not. Um, The best Mm -hmm. way to do it, I mean, build relationships, build relationships, try your best to build a a rapport with them so that they're prepared to give you just a little bit of wiggle room. So I would be making an offer and saying, um, I'm not sure. uh, I always say I'm paying cash, always. And then I would say something along. So this is the phone call when you say, right, I'm going to make an offer of 60 grand. Yeah, that's accepted. Cool. Okay, so I need some information from you. Okay, so uh, whose name is it going in? Um, So what I would say is, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to go in my name or my business partner's name. So put it in my name for now, but we'll change it as needed. But we'll, you know, a signable contract. That's what we do is deal packages. So we do that. Um, when it comes to proof of funds, um, you can always say to them, yeah, I'll get it to you. Um, and then the reality is it's a bit of a chicken and an egg because you need investors to be able to sell your deal. And then you use the investment information to be able to match that up with the agent to get it off the market. If you're working with us and trying to co-package where someone else has got the investors, you're going to need to ask for a bit of time. So can you give me like 48 hours? Because I need to go back to my business partner to go and get his proof of funds. I've got my half, but I need to get a photo shoot, a photo of his other, you know, the other half. So um, usually they will do that for you, but not all of them will. Some of them are so black and white and by the book, they will not budge. And the reality is, guys, that you can't necessarily work with them yet. doesn't mean always, just yet. This is fab, Kate, because you basically, and we haven't conferred on this, I sort of dropped the question on you. Um, You basically duplicated what I've been saying all week, right? So sometimes you just can't get the property off the market. Sometimes you can't. Uh, some estate agents will get it they'll get you they want to work with you so they'll give you that 48 i said 72 hours yesterday uh uh, yeah that we can we can run and try and get the thing uh sorted out so we've got an investor in place and and, and there it goes Uh, a couple of comments i've seen they've they've ticked up a bit uh said and and this is you know I'm being nice. I'm being nice, Kurt. Okay, so with everything we've said, just on this little bit, uh, Kurt's saying he uses stamp. So he writes a personal letter 
So not a stamp team. Stamp is a uh, a mailing company. They'll mail out your letters. But the way they do it, probably on a white envelope uh, with a typed address, franked, and it will say it will have their logo on, on the envelope, stamp. So it immediately all the work you've done, putting a personal letter together, is undone uh, by uh, it's a generic business letter now. People won't even open it, right? It's the open rate that we're after. Uh, Jackie's saying um, she <laughs> she actually says, I think, that because it's just gone off the top of the page. I think what she said was she doesn't even make an offer sometimes because it's too low. Right. How are we going to get an offer accepted if we don't even make an offer? Right. You don't know if you don't ask. Say again. You don't know if you don't ask, and with agents especially, you don't know what the motivation is necessarily. Uh, the other thing is you just open the door a little bit there, Katie, on a more advanced situation. So I don't think friends who are on the challenge this week can do what you said, but I've done it and you've done it. Um, when you know in your head, right, that you're talking to an estate agent and the house is perfect, it's absolutely ideal because you take instructions from the investor standing behind you. And I know he might like it or might, she might like it. and I know it's in the price range. To get it off the market, I will, on occasion, give my name and my proof of funds, which I I carry on my phone, okay? So I will get that house if I know it's a deal. Now, what's the risk I'm taking there? The risk is that I've put my name down to a house and he or she, the investors who I thought were going to be all in and do it, they might not do it. So what's the risk there? The worst thing in the world that can happen is, and what I suppose the worst thing is, I buy a house that I didn't really want. That's not going to happen, okay? Second worst thing is I have to go back to the estate agent and say the criteria's changed, right? And also it's how you construct the offer. So we're getting into a load of content here that if you work with us, you know, in the deal packaging community, you would know conditional offers, the art of making a conditional offer so that it gives you the opportunity to go back Three, four days later, not weeks later, three, four days later, if you leave it three, four weeks, people will get fed up with you. But three, four days later, say, aha, this condition is not met, therefore I have to withdraw my offer. Now, I wouldn't say it like that. Say, look, you know, it's not quite what you said it was. So uh, what else have you got? Let's move on to the next one. That's probably more like I would say. All of this stuff we do on a daily basis, it's ingrained within us, right, and um, if you work with us going forward, I can help you with it, right? So you, you, to teach you everything we know about deal packaging in what is this day four now? In a in a one week challenge, really, really tough, isn't it, Katie? Really tough. Yeah, definitely. And, and just just to add to what I was saying earlier, so um, just a quick point is that the reality is, if you are doing a genuinely valuable deal for an investor, it will fly off your shelf so to speak. So you won't need to worry about co-packaging because whoever's got the investors, their investors will dive on it. It will be like a hot cake. So you don't need to take longer than a week to tie up the deal. It only takes 24 hours if it's a really strong deal. If it's an average to weak deal, then it could take a bit longer. So that's the reality of it. The more value you bring, the faster your deals will leave the shelf. Cool. Uh, and one more thing, because where where are we? Wow, it's it's been a long one this afternoon, but friends have stayed with us, Kate. So I'm going to press on. 
Yeah. One more thing that's really heading messages to me uh, and things like that is how to um, price a refurb. How to price a refurb. Okay, so I'm going to pause you before I let you answer. Okay. It's a massive topic, right? It's another one of those things that we have to know, study, and understand. But can you just give some bullet points about for the first time, if you've got a price of refurb, how you you might go about it? Okay. So there's a couple of different ways you can do it. The first is that you can take your refurb team with you, um, take someone just in the know, in the trade, to go with you to help you wreck up your refurb uh, costs. The other way to do it, and the way I did it, was I went on my builder and I basically advertised for all the major jobs that you need to do on a refurb, got the costs, got more than three costs from three different builders for the same job and worked out an average. So I now know very early on, very quickly, I could wreck up a refurb quite quickly. Now I can do it in minutes. I can literally walk through a house and wreck it up. So what we're talking about is the big stuff. Does it need windows? How much are windows? Well, I know that exactly what that is on a three-bed semi-detached house in Nottingham. Uh, boiler. Does it need new boiler? Does it need new radiators and a whole central heat system or just a boiler? Because I know how much that costs to the penny. Um, kitchen. Looking at two and a half grand fitted. Bathroom. One and a half grand fitted. So all the major things. Carpets, £1,000. Paint, about £1,000. Paint a whole house and uh, and gloss. And then... Um, that's that, they're your major ones, really. You shouldn't be doing any more than that. Okay, I'm going, I'm going to pause you there because yeah. what is apparent to anyone watching this is those figures are in you, you have digested, and you know verbatim what the figures are in your area. Now, if we're doing it for the first time, Kate, and clearly they can't have that knowledge, uh, again, it's, it's a situation where you get to guys over a quest period of time. But we were trying to, we, we are trying to package a deal in seven days here. You're not yeah. going to pick all this up in seven days. You're not, nobody could, right? So, um, you know, I recommend that if you want to get yourself into this situation where the mentors are now and you've still got, where are we, Friday, Monday, Jesse Marsh, who's also built a fabulous property business from deal packaging. If you want to be a property professional, if you want to be as good as anyone at Progressive, all the all the other trainers that stand on stage, I'll leave me, me out a bit. Anyone who's built a property business, they've all packaged deals, they've all gone through the process, they've all learned what we know. You can learn it too. That is the secret of this. Okay, um, you you can't you can't do it in like um, the amount of time that we've had this week. But if you want to work with us going forward, if you want Katie to share what she's learned with you. Um, you know, do take that opportunity. Can she stay on for the rest of the day, Simon said. It's not the best offer she's ever had, Simon, I'm sure. But anyway, <laughs> maybe, Kate, we are working together over the weekend. We are. Um, so we are presenting a deal package in training live, first time since lockdown, right? Uh, in the Yes, absolutely. Um, maybe over the weekend we could put a couple of extra little lines in. I'll see. I'll see. I'll talk to the teams here just to because you've obviously gone down quite well. Um, you know, they need more content from you. I'll be around as well, team. You have to put up with me as well. Um, so when am I on next? Eight o'clock this evening. Very important section. You need to be on if you're around at eight o'clock this evening. If you're going out, uh, you've got to be back by 10 o'clock anyway, so don't forget it, right? Um, 
Uh, eight o'clock this evening, I'll be on. We're going to recap where we are. I want to hear from you if you made offers. I want to hear what the obstacles are. I want to hear what the triumphs are. I know one or two people out there have had offers accepted in principle. I know because I've had messages and uh, they're more worried now they've had offers accepted, Kate, than, than before when they worrying about whether they will get the offer accepted. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, what do I do now? Okay. So yeah. eight, eight o'clock this evening is going to be a key a key live um, to, to just to gather up where we are now and we're in the final street. Now, Monday, somebody is going to have a deal approved by me and the prizes, we're going to sell it to our database, okay? And you are going to get the fee plus you're going to get a six-month, guaranteed six-month uh, membership of our deal packaging mastermind where you can sit down. Where's he gone? Simon. Wants to, clearly wants to spend time with you, Katie. Why wouldn't he? Um, so you've got six months to to uh, spend time with Katie and the other uh, mentors, myself. You can you can get hold of Kate. You can grill her, Simon. Grill her for every extract, every whatever else you can extract from her. All right? Uh, it'd be really cool. Kate, will you do a little bit over the weekend for us? Absolutely, guys. I will be back. Fab. Okay. Uh, I'm going to move on. We've, we've been on for a long time this afternoon. You've got a huge amount of uh, information there. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, let me know how you're going, getting on. It's all going to be great. Thanks, Kate. Welcome, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode. <laughs>